Well, g'day everyone, welcome to The Journey this week. My name's Jude Hennessy, and The Journey's a show that comes out of Catholic Diocese of Wollongong. We're south of Sydney, so the fastest growing areas of the, the Sydney area fall into our boundaries. And we're really pleased to be able to bring you some great people from all around the country who are contributing to the wonderful thing that we call Christian Radio in Australia and who listen in via podcasts as well. We don't mind how people are listening in. We just hope that it is, uh, is blessing you, blessing your community, forming you in discipleship with some uh, some really good inputs for some really great people, including the likes of these guys. We've got um, Father Tony Percy. He's from the Archdiocese of Canberra, Goulburn. He's got a great piece for us this week in his segment, The Word, with a big focus on this week's gospel about the love of God and the love of neighbour. Going to be hearing from Mother Hilda Scott too, Wisdom from the Abbey, down there at Chambaroo, north an hour, south of Wollongong, and the wonderful women of faith there who spend their life in pretty simple living and constant prayer for, for the world. We've got lots to pray about at the moment. She's got a piece that she's entitled, It Might Have Been. She's going to take us on a bit of a journey of what happens when we have regret in our lives, when we focus too much on mistakes and God's response to that. Kicking us off, we're going to hear from Father James Arblaster, more from him in a minute, but really pleased to be letting you know that we've got an interview with Dr. Eamon Matheson. He's from the Catholic Medical Association of Australia. They've got a conference coming up on the 10th, 11th and 12th of November. It's going to be at Balkham Hills in Sydney. It's the first national conference and it's coming at a really critical time for people of faith in the medical profession being run by the Catholic Medical Association, but Christians of all persuasions are encouraged to come at a point in time when secular attitudes and secular narratives are having a big impact upon the way that Christians go about doing what they do, particularly in the public hospital system, whether it be in the area of psychology or whether it be in the area of life. Increasingly, we've got euthanasia that's being brought in right around the country, and as Christian people, there's some really clear understandings about the sanctity of human life. Well, it's going to be really good to talk to Dr. Eamon today about a whole variety of issues and what they're hoping to achieve in this conference and to open it up to everyone. You're, uh, you're most welcome. I've got some great speakers and we're going to hear about that in an extended interview over a couple of parts of the show with, with Dr. Eamon Matheson. Kicking us off, we've got Father James Arblaster. It's not that long ago, it's uh, around about 12 months now, I think, that Father James has been ordained. He's based here in Wollongong at the Cathedral. He's also connected with Wollongong University. And today he's going to break open the Gospel for us, which is Matthew 22, 34 to 40, in a piece that he's entitled, Love Says It All. Let's hear the Gospel proclaimed by Max Norden. Then we'll hear from Father James, and then it'll be time for some newsboys. Your love never fails. Time to get moving. Faith, hope, love and life. My name's Jude Hennessy. So glad you've joined us this week on The Journey. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. When the Pharisees heard that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, they got together and, to disconcert him, one of them put a question. Master, which is the greatest commandment of the law? Jesus said, You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the greatest and the first commandment. The second resembles it. You must love your neighbour as yourself. On these two commandments hang the whole law and the prophets also. The Gospel of the Lord. And now, the Gospel Reflection with Father James Arblaster. 
When I was growing up, I remember getting the impression that when we look at the Old Testament, we've got kind of this nasty God and weird, confusing sacrifices and all these laws and whatever. And then we've got the New Testament, and then we have Jesus, and we have all this niceness and love. And that's pretty broad strokes, but that's the impression I got. We've kind of, we're grown-ups now, we've moved beyond the Old Testament, and we really, therefore, don't need to pay attention to it. Some people today call themselves red-letter Christians and boast about how they only pay attention to, if you like, the red-letter text of the scriptures, that is, the words of Jesus himself. And to that mind, all the rest of that is just kind of commentary. But when we actually sit down and read the red-letter text, the words of Jesus, they often point us back to the black-letter text of the Old Testament. And when we read that like the portion of Exodus that we see from today, and we get through, we sift a bit through some of the language, we see that it's all the same God. Scripture is an interconnected whole, which reveals to us the heart of a God who is radically concerned for the well-being of the vulnerable. And I'm not sure as a society we have grown up beyond that call. Let's look at our bit from Exodus today. Don't be put off by the, my anger will flare and I'll kill you with a sword. Look beneath it. Look beneath it. What is it saying? It's saying, don't hurt people who can't defend themselves. Don't look at foreigners whose family and friends are far away or, or don't look at people who aren't part of the official tribe. Don't look at widows who are desperate for money or children who don't have protectors. Don't look at them and try and take advantage of them. Don't do it. I love them and I care about them. And yes, they may not be part of the official tribe of Israel, but they are my people too. That's what it's saying. How does our society measure up if we use this standard? Don't be harsh to widows and orphans. Have we grown out of that? Don't take advantage of people who need money and a loan. Don't charge them interest. Do we do that? If you're holding something as a guarantee of a debt, as a surety that someone's going to give you money back, do you give it back when they need it? How do we do that? Jesus' own words today do not cancel out the Old Testament, but continue its timeless message. Not a list of don'ts, but two simple do's. Love God with everything you are, and love your neighbor, those around you, as yourself. That is not the original teaching of Christ. They are direct quotes from Deuteronomy and from Leviticus. The same God who inspired those texts centuries before entered human flesh and was the only way to live that fully, the only one to live it fully. Let us too, conscious of the cost that it sometimes imposes on us, instead choose to follow him even to the cross and to the resurrection, living that life of love, allowing the spirit to flow through us and conscious that in the end, love is the only thing that wins. You're listening to The Journey, music, interviews and wisdom for living life to the full.
to The Journey, music, interviews and wisdom for living life to the full. Now, Wisdom from the Abbey with Mother Hilda. If some of us have lived long enough, we can find that there is much in our lives to regret. Mistakes, sins, time when we've let the side down and the constant companion is our own weakness. My grandmother used to recite a poem for me when I was a child. It was called, It Might Have Been. I found it really, really sad. And when she explained it to me, I found it even sadder. We too can look at our own life and wish that it had been other than it is. We can eternally linger in the land of, It Might Have Been. These areas become what I called the locked room, or the locked rooms, plural. These are those places into which I do not give even myself admittance, let alone God. I try and pretend that they're not there, and when their memory steals upon me, I run away as fast as I can. I don't want to know. I forget that their memory is simply a call from their own loneliness, begging me to revisit them, absolve them, understand them, and give them peace. Furthermore, I don't understand that they are crying out for the God who can heal them. This is the same God, you know, who keeps vigil with me 
as I refuse to own my own life, or rather own it as I want to be, not, not as it really is. This is the God who desperately wants admittance to our locked rooms in order to give us the joy of living freely and unimpeded by the perceived blackness of our past. Yet he will not force his way in. He waits and is prepared to sit with us forever in our brokenness and denial if that's what it takes. We forget that part of the blessedness of Jesus' time on earth was that he transformed our darkness into light. Truly, what is frighteningly dark for us is light for him, that while our locked rooms frighten the daylights out of us, they hold no terror for him. Gethsemane itself was transformed because he was there. If only we knew deep within us the truth of his presence, his lone vigil with you and me, and his excellent track record, by the way, we'd open those locked doors, take our courage in our hand, face the pain of memories, put the kettle on, and let Jesus repaint the place, refurnish the room, knock a window in the wall to give us a panoramic view of his own loving landscape in our regard, smash down another wall and turn it into a lovely sitting room with a welcoming fire and easy chairs when we could sit and enjoy each other's company and have him tell us the story over and over and over and over again of his love for us. There's no end to what he would do if only you and I would take the risk of trusting him enough to let him in. Let's not go on living in regret of the past. Let's not keep saying it might have been. Well, I hope you enjoyed that and thanks so much to Mother Hilda Scott for her wisdom from the Abbey segment, a piece that she entitled It Might Have Been and some great insights into what God would say to us when we've got a whole lot of regrets in our life. Certainly not wanting us to dwell on that, to be anchored or pulled down by that, but to be freed from that because of his love and his mercy. Thanks to Father James Arblaster, who before the break broke open this week's Sunday Gospel for the 30th Sunday in Ordinary Time. That's come to us courtesy of Mass for You at Home. And what a great fellow he is. Thanks to Father James there. Coming up a little later in the show, we're going to be hearing from Dr. Eamon Matheson. He's on the executive of the Catholic Medical Association of Australia. We had a two-part conversation with him this week about the conference that's coming up and why it's important and why it's really timely with all that's unfolding in various ways in the medical profession. But the next person you're going to hear from after a bit of music is Father Tony Percy. The Word is his segment, and he's going to talk to us this week about the two greatest words, God and Neighbour as he breaks open elements of this week's Sunday Gospel. He's a gem. He can certainly distill stuff down to its essential elements, really memorable phrases that, that Father Tony gives you. Thinks about things very differently. I love his stuff in, in his segment, The Word. That's coming up after the break. First up, though, is Stephen Stanley, Whatever It Takes. We'll hear from Porter's Gate as well. Your labour is not in vain. And then, not too far away, an interview with Dr. Eamon Matheson, all about the upcoming Catholic Medical Association Conference. Faith, hope, love and life. My name's Jude Hennessy, jam-packed show, but glad you're on the journey. It's hard for me to believe That I've got nothing to prove I thought this dirt on my hands Was gonna keep me from you I fall as much as I rise 
on the journey faith hope and love for life in all its fullness your labor is not in vain oh the ground underneath you is cursed and stained your planting and reaping are never the same your labor is not
Father Tony Percy. This week, the two greatest love words, God and neighbour. Standing in front of London Bridge this week, not in the UK, obviously, but just outside of Queenbin, New South Wales, Australia, a beautiful little wonder of the world. We've just had the first controversy stories. Matthew and his gospel puts together four of them. He has uh, the four controversy stories coming just after some parables. The last one we heard about was the invitation to the wedding. It's a magnificent thing to think about that God is inviting us to his son's wedding, the wedding of Christ with us, humanity. We shouldn't miss it. Make sure we respond with a yes to the invitation by the father to the son's wedding. And then we have the four controversy stories. The first one we had last week was on the poll tax. Jesus says, well, 
on the coin, whose inscription do you find? And they said, well, Caesar's. He said, right, we'll give back to Caesar what belongs to Caesar and then give to God what belongs to God. And of course, the uh, early theologians reflected on this and said, well, actually etched onto every human being is the image of God. So that's what he's talking about there. We've got to give ourselves back to God because we've come from God. And this will be an interplay of our our freedom. The the early fathers of the, the church beautifully reflected on this mystery that we are made in God's image and likeness. So the likeness part is our task. Whether we become like God depends on our freedom and our interplay with God's freedom and grace and love. So that's very important. The next controversy story is about the resurrection. We don't read about it this week. I'd encourage you to go and have a look at it, though. The mystery of the resurrection, what's going to happen there. And then we come to today's uh, controversy story. What is the the great commandment? Uh, what is the greatest commandment, they asked Jesus. And he says, well, the greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and strength and to love your neighbour as yourself. These On these two commandments hang the whole law and the prophets. It's a bit like a peg. You've got a piece of clothing, a double, a piece of clothing that won't function. It's got two parts, but it won't function unless you've got both parts. And the peg is holding it together. That's quite a good image, I think. It might be helpful. Perhaps you can think of other images yourself in order to explain to people. So the commandments, they, the commandments came to Moses originally as 10 words, the experts tell us, 10 words. The first three dealing with God, the second, se- uh, second seven or the second part of the Decalogue, the uh, 10 words dealing with our relationship with our neighbour. The first three deal with God. Secondly, his name, reverence for his name. And thirdly, reverence for his day. So we celebrate that as Christians on Sunday. Most important that we make it a day of rest and also a day of a Eucharistic love get a, by getting to the Eucharist, participating, receiving the Eucharist. And then the second part of the Decalogue, those other seven commandments deal with our relationship with each other. So honour thy father and mother, relationships within families and marriages. Thou shalt not kill. Very important in free societies that there is no violence. It's not tolerated either in action or word. The sixth is sexual fidelity, which is most important in this time of great breakdown of sexual values. And then seventh, property, the importance of property in free societies and its orientation to the common good. And then eighth, of course, deals with the uh, gift of speech. We shall speak the truth to one another in love. We won't deceive each other. Most important, as you can see. And Jesus then says, well, look, you've not only got to Uh, know about these commandments and obey them, but you've got to love them. And this will be the secret to a happy life, loving these fundamental human values. So they came to us originally as a word, and then we expounded them into the Ten Commandments. So we should finish on really remembering that it's most important that uh, we understand the the importance in history of a word. A word, in fact, is the, the most important, powerful thing in history. No doubt about it. A word spoken with love and truth and hope is the thing that actually builds communities together. We should remember, finally, that this is how God actually is within himself. God the Father expresses himself as a person, as it belongs to persons to do. Persons express themselves, and God is a person. He expresses himself so perfectly that it's a word person. That's it. And then the love between them, because God is love, says St. John, the love between them 
is in fact the Holy Spirit. So that's an explanation of the Trinity. And the Trinity then expresses itself in human history. So that's why Jesus is saying to us, look, these are the two commandments. These are the two words, the two words that will lead lead us all to a, a magnificent uh, life, a life of happiness and peace, love of God and love of neighbour. It doesn't get any better. Thanks so much to Father Tony Percy there. His segment, The Word, all about the two greatest words, God and neighbour. And Jesus was asked about the greatest commandment and the incredible answer that he gave. Thanks to Father Tony. I've got a bit more music for you now. Christy Knuckles, Love Can Build a Bridge. And then, as promised, we're going to be diving into a two-part interview with Dr. Eamon Matheson from the Catholic Medical Association of Australia. He's got some really interesting and really timely things to say and an invitation to people from right around the country who are involved in the medical profession to get along to the upcoming conference from the 10th to the 12th of November 2023. It's going to be held in Sydney, Balkham Hills. That's coming up after the break. Faith, hope, love and life. My name's Jude Hennessy. Thanks for joining us on The Journey. I'd gladly walk across the desert With no shoes upon my feet To share with you the last bite of bread I had to eat And I would swim out to sea your sea of broken dreams when all your hopes are sinking let me show you what love means love can build a bridge between your heart and mine love can Don't you think it's time? Don't you think it's time? I would whisper love so loudly Every heart could understand That love and only love Can join the tribes of men And I would give my heart's desire so that you might see The first step is to realize That it all begins with you and me Love can build a bridge Between your heart Thank you. 
Faith, hope, love and life. This is The Journey. Good day, everyone. Really, really stoked to be interviewing today Dr. Raymond Matheson. As promised, he's from the Australian Catholic Medical Association. Raymond, thanks so much for joining us on The Journey. Thanks, Jude. Thanks for having me on. You've got this conference coming up. Before we dive into that, very, very quickly, what is the Australian Catholic Medical Association? A little bit of its history and... Um, yeah, how did it come about? Well, it goes back to probably 1938, an extension on from the guilds of St. Luke, uh, which were state-based almost 100 years in Australia. And in 2018, we got permission of the bishops to become a national organisation. The coalition of states sort of came together right. at that time. This is the first time that we're uh, going to have a, a national conference since being formed as a national association in 2018. Talking to... You mates of mine in the medical profession who are people of faith that it's probably more critical than ever for, for groups like this to come together just for the, the good of the medical profession, for some security around the right to be able to say what they need to say and dignity of people. Is is that a bit of a feeling amongst your group as well? Yes, absolutely. We are experiencing increasingly challenging times. Many of the health professionals that are associated with our group, the Catholic Medical Association, have expressed the fact that they've often felt quite isolated in their work environment and a difficulty integrating their their faith with their practice and with their with their work. So it's a great opportunity to be able to get together with uh, like-minded individuals, give each other support. But we're certainly facing many difficult issues, from abortion to euthanasia to the transgender issue to the issue of freedom of religion and the sort of coercion of conscience or so the problem of. Um, conscientious objection uh, being sort of undermined and in recent times it's certainly challenging times it's a great opportunity to gather together at this conference coming up in november and yeah support one another uh, provide a bit of solidarity who are some of your, your keynote speakers and and when is it exactly i, I believe it's early in, in early november and it's in sydney the first one's going to be in sydney yeah that's right so the the new south wales uh, guys are taking the lead on this the conference is going to be at uh, St. Joseph's in uh, Balkham Hills. We've got a great uh, lineup of speakers uh, speaking on some very important issues. Our keynote speaker is uh, Professor Joanna Howe, who's the law professor at the Adelaide University. She's going to be speaking about the pro-life movement into the future, uh, the pro-life cause now and into the future, I think it's the topic of her discussion. We have Professor Maria Sigalini, who will be speaking about the euthanasia or the VAD legislation and talking about how doctors can navigate that base. Our chaplain, Father Pascal Corby, who's a conventional friar, Franciscan friar, he'll be actually talking about transhumanism. He's a world expert on that subject. He did his PhD okay. uh, in that area, yeah. which is uh, still something, I suppose, coming over the horizon for many people. But uh, in the area of bioethics, it's really um, quite important. Conscientious objection is going to be addressed by Dr. Xavier Simons. He's a leading bioethicist, an Australian from Sydney, I think, originally, but he's actually in Harvard at the moment. He'll okay. be joining us. Yeah. Elizabeth Taylor, she's a, a, an academic, a historian, and she, one of her areas of expertise is speaking about the transgenderism in the youth, and she'll be addressing that topic. We have some lawyers as well. Anna Walsh is an, a lawyer and academic from the University of Notre Dame. She'll be speaking on many of the the issues facing healthcare professionals in, in regard to the legislation and the law. 
particularly on freedom of religion, freedom of conscience. And the other important thing about the conference is that we'll be um, having a, a white mass. It'll be the first white mass, uh, I think, okay. in Australia. Yeah. So uh, is that, that's similar be the to the, the red mass that the guys in the legal profession have? Is it the same sort of thing? Yeah, exactly. We're trying to copy them. <laughs> no, it's a tradition uh, amongst Catholic Medical Association throughout the world. It goes back a, a long way, I think, at least uh, to the early 20th century, not late 19th century. The white colour refer, refers to the, the colour traditionally worn by healthcare professionals. Okay. And Bishop Arthur's will be the chief celebrant, and I think we'll be joined by quite a few other clerics we've invited to attend. Yeah, we're looking forward to be a very special occasion. Is it open to a broader group than just people that are in the Australian Catholic Medical Association? Yes, it is. It's not uh, exclusive to uh, Catholic healthcare professionals and okay. um very happy to be joined by other doctors of different faiths and uh, different denominations. We certainly have a, a good relationship with the Christian Australian Christian Medical and Dental Fellowship of Australia. Right. It would be great for, for many of them to uh, consider coming along as well. Yeah. It, it will be recorded as well for members of the public and people with just a general interest. They'll be able to uh, watch it afterwards if they're not able to attend. And that will be available through our, our website at some stage soon after the, uh, the conference. We might move to a break now, but after the break, I'd love to just uh, really get you to, to break open for us a little bit more some of those keynote speakers and keynote topics and, and just delve into a little bit more of the, the focus of, of the conference. First of all, a bit more music, though. Here's, here's Anthem Lights now in the song Who You Say I Am, and we'll be back with Dr. Raymond Matheson after that. Faith, hope, love and life. My name's Jude Hennessy. Hope you're enjoying this interview, and you're on the journey. Yeah. 
God, yes I am. Together on the journey, faith, hope and love for life in all its fullness. Welcome back to The Journey. Really, really pleased to be continuing our conversation today with Dr. Eamon Matheson. He's one of the organisers from the Australian Catholic Medical Association. The, the topics you outlined just before the break, there's some hot topics in there, whether they be life issues or the transgender issue or just the ability to have freedom of speech and, and to be able to be you know, speaking about things that are of uh, conscience and importance in, in people's roles in the Medical Association. Can you break open a little bit more for us what's going to be spoken about and, and maybe some of your keynote speakers? That would be, that'd be really, I think, interesting for lots of our listeners. Our keynote speaker, I think I mentioned, was uh, going to be Professor Jonah Howe. She's a law professor at Adelaide University mm. and we're really um, pleased that she'll be uh, speaking on the Saturday evening after the dinner. Um, her topic is the pro-life cause now and into the future. And as you may know, Jude, uh, Joanna is extremely uh, courageous and, and outspoken on, on many life issues, particularly on abortion issues. Mm. Copped a lot of heat for her stance on these things and her clear position and that she articulates so well and has many people who follow her. But yeah, We're really pleased that she'll be with us in, in November. The big one at the moment is the issue of transgenderism, particularly in the young, and uh, Dr. Elizabeth Taylor is going to be speaking on that subject. The Australian Catholic Medical Association had a particular interest in this for quite a few years, sort of been a bit ahead of the curve. In some ways, we actually had a, we were meant to have a, an in-person conference on that issue in 2020, but we did it uh, online because of the COVID phenomenon. And earlier this year, actually, Elizabeth spoke at the Catholic Medical Association's uh, in Victoria, our annual lecture on the subject. We're very much looking forward to that, particularly in the setting of what's happening around the world, where there's a sort of pulling back and a, a realization of many of the issues and problems, uh, healthcare and legal, in regard to uh, the transgendering of um, young people and all the, uh, the issues that are uh, associated with that. So it's it's great to be able to speak about those things. And Elizabeth, again, very bravely, will be speaking very clearly about the issues surrounding that, particularly at this time of the increasing censorship inferred a little earlier Jude the the issue of the conversion therapy laws that are coming in and also the censorship laws in regard to the Australian communications and media authority yeah. that would be uh, given the the right to say what is you know the ministry of truth sort of stuff as to what is can be said and what can't be said there's the potential that in the not too distant future the you and I having a conversation like this is completely off limits unless you want to be a hell of a lot of strife so yeah it's it's kind of a big deal it's extraordinary. So hopefully we uh, get this conference up and running and, and out there before those sort of potential changes come in. But it, it is an astonishing time in which we live in which uh, various sort of uh, government orthodoxies are protected, cannot be criticised. It's, uh, it's really strange times in which we live. Fortunately, there are many people who wish to uh, to hear about these subjects and, and take them seriously and look at them critically. And uh, hopefully many of them will be coming to our conference in, in November. How do people get involved, first of all, in the conference or, or how can they connect with you, I suppose, just more generally and, and get involved in the in the work and the formation that the Australian Catholic Medical Association is you know, pretty keen on providing? Following the trend around the world um, with international associations, they have opened to nurses and allied health and to all of the healing and health professionals. It, it has changed in the last few years, which is great. It sort of opened that up to a broader audience to be involved. So how I'd recommend it is that we have a website. It is 
uh, catholicmedicine.org. Uh, it has all the information there, some various resources. You can uh, apply for membership there and find out about the conference and also sign up to a newsletter that we send out fairly regularly. Yeah, that's probably where, where people should go to. Fantastic. Thanks so much, Aaron, for talking to us today. We really hope the conference goes fantastically well. Thanks so much for joining us on the journey, mate. Thanks, Jude. Thanks for having me on. God bless. Faith, hope, love and life. My name's Jude Hennessy. You're on the journey. All around us there are troubles And there are trials round every turn And though that cold wind won't stop blowing There's a fire in my bones And it keeps me The joy of the Lord is my strength and my song, that sweet melody in my soul all day long. No matter what comes, I just keep going on, cause the joy of the Lord is my strength and my song. Till the trumpet sounds and the bells are ringing, till he calls me home, no I won't stop singing. For every question. There's an answer for every problem. There's a prayer, but greater is He that lives within me than all the trouble here in this world. The joy of the Lord is my strength and my song. That's me. I've got that joy down in my soul. I've got that joy, joy of the Lord. I've got that joy down in my soul. I've got that joy, joy of the Lord. The joy of the Stop singing. What a great song to round out the show. Mac Powell, Joy of the Lord. Thanks so much to Dr. Eamon Matheson, who we heard from in a couple of parts there. He's one of the key organisers and a member of the executive of the Catholic Medical Association. He's based down in Victoria. He's coming together in just a couple of weekends' time with doctors, nurses, OTs, people involved in the medical profession and any sphere, chiropractors, whoever they might be, even those who are forming people in medical profession and universities, to get along to this conference and to talk about some critical and pivotal and timely issues around what is impacting Christians in particular in that space. 
Don't forget, you can listen to that interview again. You can flick it on to someone who you think would benefit from hearing it or any parts of today's show. Just go to jcr.org.au. And we hope to be able to talk to Dr. Eamon or someone else from the conference once it's finished to just get a bit of a rundown on how it went and what was said. Thanks to all of our other contributors to today's show, to Father Tony Percy, to Father James Arblaster, Mother Hilda Scott, of course, and to, to Max Norden, who puts this show together for us each and every week. Thank you to our partnering radio stations right around the country. We are so blessed and just really humbled that so many radio stations want to take this show. We just started off with our little local Christian radio station here in, in Wollongong, and it's just spread and spread, and um, we, just, we just hope it keeps blessing you and your community and the great work that Christian Radio is doing. It's a ministry, really, right around the country, and we love supporting it. Make sure you do too, particularly as they come into what is usually a time about now where they have end-of-year appeals. Do everything you can to make sure that the impact of Christian Radio in your area is felt and that it is empowered for the future. We will be doing this all again next week. Faith, hope, love and life. My name is June Hennessy. Thanks for joining us this week on The Journey. The Journey is presented by Jude Hennessy and produced by Max Norden on Dharawal Country in the office of the Bishop for the Catholic Diocese of Wollongong.